2: You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app-out-participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Wilford Zahar looking like Alice's most likely creator of something this evening.
2: See the stars of tomorrow today. Welcome back to our coverage of Liverpool versus Crystal Palace from Salah's Park in the Under-21 Development League. He plays it up the line to the other side now at half past. with control, not
1: Live commentary from all home development games, only on Homestale Radio.
2: Live commentary. Okay, Swift so coming back now. Oh, he's played a loose pass and Sakaja will get there. Oh, Blackman's come right out of the area and flattered Sakaja and it's gone free and the, the keeper's way out of the area and it's a goal for Palace.
0: What a fuck, Live interviews To an Arden football watcher, it was clear in my mind that we had like a bunch of new guys and we'd lost a, a, a you know, big name, big players for us, Scannell, Klein, Ambrose. It, we, you, we were never going to just come out the block swinging, were we? You know what I mean? Expert analysis A
1: surprise draw at the end there, Mark. A surprise
0: to no one more than me. Completely didn't realise we'd scored a second goal. Well, most of the time anyway homestead radio whether you're listening live or to the podcast call us now to air your opinion 0203 4755
1: 999
2: Good evening, welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and I haven't written my introduction for this show, I've just realised. Hmm. Uh, coming up today, we have uh, reviews of the Cardiff and Forest Games, and we're going to have a, a long chat about uh, potential moves in January for Wilf Saha, Andre Moritz, and maybe some moves inwards. Um, joining me today out uh, of our normal sort of presenter rotation is Steve Brown. Hi, Steve.
0: Hello, Chris. All right. Yeah, not too bad, well, other than
2: dropping points. Yeah, a bit frustrating, isn't it? Just a little bit. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Um, also joining us today are um, a couple of, well, I say listeners, they occasionally listen. Um, they decided to tell me in the pub that they thought it'd be a good idea if they came on the show, because, you know, it's easy and all that sort of stuff. And um, So now they're having to deal with that drunken boast. Um, first of all, it's, uh, it's Ben Mintram. Hi, Ben. Hello there, Chris. How are you? I'm not too bad, you know. I'm um, I'm getting by, dealing with you people.
3: Kind of uh, getting that kind of that pub decision now, but what the heck?
2: I'm sure you'll be fine um, if we can keep your internet working long enough for you to make a contribution. We're <laughs> definitely going to need you for Forest. Uh, Ben's the only one out of all of us who went to Forest. Um, and the the other person joining us is uh, a first for us. It's uh, a female football fan. Can you believe it? Such a thing exists. It's Zoe. <laughs> Hi, Zoe. Hello, Christopher. No, uh, and say hello to our listeners as well. No one else has. Oh,
4: hello, listeners.
2: There you go. Isn't that good? Are you, um, you feeling happy about this or are you regretting it slightly?
4: Mm, I'm all right about it. <laughs> <laughs> I could be watching the TV programme, but here I am.
2: Yeah, I've noticed that the darts is on. People seem to be watching that. Um, if, Can I just say to any of you who have downloaded this late and listening to it on another day, um so just so you could watch darts darts is rubbish and i hate you <laughs> all right all right get out of my system <clears throat> anyway moving swiftly on um we've got um well obviously you can contact us yourselves today we're on facebook.com forward slash whole radio you can message us on there uh, twitter.com forward slash whole radio Go that whole radio with your message you and send us anything you like on there uh you can phone us it's oh two hmm, what is it oh, it's been too long since i've done this show oh two oh three four seven double five nine 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 press one to come straight through to us and of course you can listen to this show on your mobile um if you go to you get the yeah, app TuneIn radio and search for homestead radio you'll find us on there hmm. um listen anything you like to talk about talk to us about today but we are going to start by having a little chat amongst ourselves um about uh, a couple of situations that have arisen um, regarding Wolf Zaha and Andre Moritz. I'm going to start with Zaha because there's quite a significantly uh, revealing article in the Daily Mail today um, where the key comment really from Wilf is that he feels he is ready for Premier League football now and that should Palace get an offer, they feel it is acceptable. He would like to move in January, which is obviously a big departure from what he's ever said before. What he said before is... You know he wants to play in the Premier League, but he's still learning. Blah blah blah. Just happy playing football. But I mean, it very much looks like he wants to go. So mm, I'm going to start with you, uh, Steve. Um, should Wilf really be uh, commenting about that sort of stuff in in you know in a, in a newspaper this close to the transfer window? Should he be doing that? Should we respect that in any way?
0: Um, I think there's a there's a few different different points on this one, Chris. Firstly, um, it's amazing how often people get interviewed in newspapers and feel that their quotes have been truncated or, or things haven't been quite correct. Um, if it is correct, then I think he, he doesn't really have a, a role right to be talking about it. But then I think he's young, and uh, I think one of the things that's been obvious with Wilf is he's still a bit immature when it, when it comes to uh, with the press. Obviously, we saw what happened before his uh, his England debut, Um when he was talking with, with Neil Ashton and uh talking about how he, he felt that um he was he was you know the third best player in the world. Now obviously he didn't actually say that, or according to him he didn't actually say that. But mm. unfortunately things get, get skewed.
2: So Yeah, well look, I mean yeah, comments do get slightly misconstrued and what have you, but I mean at the end of the day he did so he stopped breathing into your microphone. Sorry. <laughs> But he did directly say those things about about Messi. It, you know, it's it's not quite what he meant because he, he speaks in quite a simplistic way. Um, you know, he's quite honest and sort of straightforward and doesn't really see the harm in saying things like that. You know, and his his response was to that was that I, um, you know, I just say these things to give myself confidence out on the pitch. I don't really think I'm better than better than Messi or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, to me, it's pretty clear. Like he's. You know, he come out and said that he wants to leave the club if he can, if he gets the chance to do so to go to the Premier League. And I, you know, I, I think I'm I'm disappointed that he said it because to me it, it it it's just smacks of an agent saying to him, "You've got to get yourself out of Palace." Now, you know, I, I'm going to sort of jump to a question I was going to ask a bit later on, and you look at his form of late, certainly since the England call up, but he look he does look like his mind is elsewhere. He does look like you know we. His, the fact that he isn't playing as well as he was and the fact that he's now saying these things in the press just says to me that he don't want to be at Palace anymore and he, he's trying to force his way out. What do you reckon, Zoe? Oh, shit. I, I, I meant to go to Ben. Sorry, Zoe. Ben. Oh,
3: can not hear. <laughs> sorry, Zoe. Um, to be honest, I don't think we've really given him the opportunity to speak to the press in the first place. I know Dougie was quite um, protective over the players speaking to the press and he didn't let it happen at all. And we all saw it happened last time we spoke to the press. He came out they twist they twist your words and they make him come out a bit arrogant. And I know the point what he said that he wanted to leave the club, might have been a pretty direct question though. So I think he he obviously wants to leave.
2: Mm, no it's pretty clear. Um well, okay, listen. He wants he wants to leave. So so what's an acceptable offer? We're talking 20 million quid a while ago. Is that still realistic, Zoe? Um I
4: think yeah, but is he really that good because if he was that good, surely he'd be playing that good and wanting to go.
2: So, I mean, I mean, his form has been rubbish, hasn't it? Let's face it. I mean, I know, you obviously, you're not his biggest fan most of the time. Was that fair?
4: Yeah, and I think this is the reason why.
2: Yeah, do you think it's an attitude thing more than... Uh, more than um, Obviously, he's got I, ability.
4: Yeah, he's got ability, but I think he just lets everything go to his head, and I think he thinks he's a lot better than he is.
2: Hmm. OK.
0: And uh, well, still, what's your take on that? I think, that for me, a, a lot of it is um, one of the things that's been Wilf's biggest problem since the England call-up is he's getting triple-marked every match, and it's clearly having a, an effect on, on his ability to play. From his side, if he does end up going to the Premiership um, and playing in a team, he's going to be a, a small fish in a big pond. And he's going to, hes not gonna be triple marked every game, so he's gonna have a lot more chance in actually showing his skills again. And I mm-hmm. think that could be one of his reasons for for wanting to leave the club.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe that is is the case. And obviously, the championship—you get a lot less space than you do in the Premier League. That's you know, it's a fair observation. But I don't know. To me, to me, it does—it does seem to be an attitude thing. And I, and I, what I worry about is that. He's shown that since the media attention he got, and there's no denying that he's had a negative effect on him, he's shown a weakness, and to be honest with you, you show a weakness, that devalues you. So uh, I don't see anyone paying the sort of money that was being talked about when he was picked to play for England. I think, to be honest with you, we all sort of got excited at the time. You know, oh, fantastic, we've got this England player playing for England in the Championship. It's one of our own country academy and all that sort of stuff. We all got excited about it. But to me, it's, it's been the worst thing that's happened, really. Uh, I think, you know, it's taken him off the boil. And it's ended up devaluing him rather than adding any value, in my view. Um, sorry, Ben, you wanted to go next.
3: Um, what I do worry about is that if he continues in the fashion he's been playing at the moment, if we get to the summer and he's not been sold in January, we're do going we to only get offers around £5 million for him. Which, mm. if we in January, I reckon we get an acceptable offer around ten to twelve million. I think you've got to look at it because the club can't. As much as we can say, oh, we might get promoted. If we don't. We can't risk in losing that amount of money in case if cash mm. we'll continues in the fashion he has been doing lately.
2: I well, I know. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I I, I can certainly agree that, that it might be devalued. But I mean, Steve, you wanted to make a point against that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the, uh, the, there's a couple of things to remember. Firstly, any time we've got Will on pitch, it draws defenders to him, which is the reason why I think that Yannick Lassie's been in such blistering form is he has got the space uh, because everyone's on, on Will. Uh, in terms of, uh, of actually his, his value going down, see, during the summer, the, the value is always less than during the January window mm-hmm. because there's a much longer window to get deals negotiated. On top of that as well, you've also got the fact that um, the different, you know, sort of in, in terms of Wilf himself, then, yeah, maybe his value his will go down a bit. But at the same time, he's still our player. He's still on a long-term contract. And it, the decision still rests with the uh, the chairman, not with Wilf himself. I mean, he can try and force his way out of the club. But, mm. you know, he, he doesn't necessarily... Uh, get to choose whether he goes or not and it's, it's all up to the club to decide what is a fair price for him
2: no but i mean obviously things have changed dramatically in the last sort of couple of weeks from from us being told by by an Holloway, he'd spoken to wilf and looked him in the eye and said you're not going anywhere and he was fine with it and all this sort of stuff we're now we're now looking at a situation where it's pretty pretty clear he wants to go so uh, i just want to pick up on a couple of tweets before i uh talk any more about that patrick o'connor says um CPFC twenty ten hold all the cards of Wilf, no need to sell him sell as we need him for promotion. Uh this two shall pass. Uh Jill um has responded to that saying, not if he can't be asked, and continues to argue with his teammates during games. Which, yeah, has been has been happening, and that's just that attitude thing we talked about. He looks a frustrated person. I mean, I wanted to make the sort of point that I don't see I don't see him getting into a a top team at the moment. Um, You're somewhere windy, Zoe. You have a point. You have a point, though. Sorry, now I've talked to you and bullied you again. (laughs) Um,
4: I I can see what people are saying about needing him to get to the Premiership, but can he really get us there? How he's been playing.
2: That's yeah. No, it's a good point. He can't he's not been the one who's won us games or well we haven't won any games for a while but isn't before before the England call-up he was our match where he was we were talking about being being triple marked and all that sort of stuff but um but he was dealing with that before you mm-hmm. know yeah yeah he stepped up a little bit after the England match but he was dealing with that he was you know we were taking advantage of the space elsewhere and all that sort of stuff um Mm, I'm just trying to pick who to go to next because everyone wants to speak. Uh, ben, you had something to say first. I think you said it first. So, yes, yeah,
3: so, I think other, obviously with people looking at the England debut being the thing, which is changing. I think a lot of it is down to Dougie leaving because Dougie yeah. was obviously a, like a father-like figure to me. he had a lot of respect for him, and I know we were pretty gutted when Dougie left. And it seems maybe he's not built up the same relationship with Ollie. He doesn't want to play for Ollie as much, and the training methods aren't as suit not as much. So maybe he's missing the influence of Dougie that Palace.
2: Yeah, it's a good point. I'm, I was—I remember reading that uh, on the BBS. Apparently, Wilford contacted Dougie after the after the sort of media problems uh, before the England game, and sort of you know he was upset and wanted to talk it through with him. And I know when he joined um, Palace, he made the point that it, when he played against Blackpool, that Holloway had given him a bit of stick, and then he was a bit worried about him playing for him and all that sort of stuff. But you know, it, it, there is there is a point to be made there. Um, but again, like you said, is probably it is a number of things. It's not just... Um, it's, like you say, it's not just the England game. It's not just the change of man management. It's not just having his head turned. It's not just having a bit of a hard time form-wise. It's, it's all of these things all together, really. Um, just a quick tweet from Chris Watkins. He says, uh, I say sell him. We don't want players at the club who are not 100% committed. Take the money and invest in eager players. Well, perhaps easier said than done. Steve, you want to make a point on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh I think I actually um, disagree with that. If you look at some of the players in the past that have fallen out with uh, with management, etc., or fallen out with fans, gone into to, to bad times for a while, you've got the, the likes of Dean Austin, who was uh, terrible, and then sort of went away with it, and then came back as one of the uh, the best players in, in the side he was in. Uh, you also have to look at the likes of, um, of Chef Gucci as well. Still, still a figure of uh, fun for his pie-eating at Palace, but mm. at the same time, he... he Made the uh, the V's up gesture, um, went away for I think it was two or three months. Came back and scored thirteen incredibly important goals for the club. Um, I think when you when you look at it, yes, players can go through bad patches. Wolf's going through one at the moment. But I think the thing to remember as well is, if we want Yannick pelasi to be able to tear down the uh, the right wing or left wing or whenever wherever he changed to uh, on either wing, then we need to have an, an even an even uh, sort of wing formation. And if we get rid of uh, Wilf, do we actually have that again? I know people are talking about Williams coming back, but um, as good as Johnny Esther is, he has shown himself to be injury-pwned in the past. So I think you're going to have to look at that side as well, Chris. You
2: yeah, know, absolutely, absolutely right. I was, um, sorry, you wanted to make a point in the middle of that.
4: Um, yeah, going back to the point about Doggy leaving and that uh, affecting him, mm. surely if he was that good of a player, it wouldn't affect him. Say so if he moves now, that's not guaranteed that he's gonna be playing good football.
2: Yeah, you know, you as a footballer, you do have to deal with, you know, regular management changes and changes of coaching staff and different types of fans and all that sort of stuff. I know Steve making the point in in our little chat off off that the, um, the Wilf is only a young lad, but but you know, he'll, if he moves, he's gonna be earning an awful lot of money, and he's he's in a career now. He's saying himself in the Daily Mail article, like, you know, I'm not a teenager anymore. Well you're still sulking like one Wilf to be quite honest with you. But having said that, you know, I'm not I'm not completely down on Wilf, I think he's a fantastic player myself. It's easy to sort of get caught up in in slagging him off and I don't think he's really des- deserving of that. I'm again not massively impressed with the article, but again you don't really know how it all came about and don't know the full story really. But um I've been apparently I said Tina Rager, but I don't I don't remember doing that. <laughs> um terence over at red and was um making the point that the whole team are frustrated as a fans at the moment with the way the game's going and that wilf gets irate easily and has done in the past and he, yeah he has got a temper on him he does does kick off and he's, he's found himself very sort of frustrated um in games recently with some pretty awful refereeing that we'll be talking about uh as we go through the games in a bit really so um ian Lyons is making the point we need to sell high and buy low that's what we're good at move Wilf on uh, again i understand <clears throat> that maybe it is feeling like the time to let him go he's making noises like he wants to go um and obviously january does inflate the prices as, as the points already been made but it just makes me feel awkward because i know from if he plays like he played earlier in the season he you know he does make that much of a difference that, that he can get us out of this division um but whether or not he'll ever get back to that kind of form where, he, where, where his head is where it is. Um, and also, the, the point is, what do you do? Who do you replace him with? And, and that's where you want to jump in, Ben. Well, I think
3: you've got to look at that Albert Adoma from Bristol. And I, obviously, I doubt we could afford him at the minute because we were talking £1.52 But mm. if you get cash for Wilf, he's definitely someone we should look at because obviously he's worked with Bellassi as well, which I think is a big thing. And, it's good. and obviously, Wilf and Balassie seem to have picked up a bit of an understanding, as you saw, for the Huddersfield goal. So mm. if we could get someone to, to him like Adomo, who's obviously done really well at Bristol as well and impressed himself, so I think that that is someone to look as a replacement. Also yeah. on loan, someone I like Hogan Afray. Yeah, where is
2: he now? PR, I I you think, think, he's yeah, right.
3: he's been he's been at QPR for years, but he's just been sent out on loan everywhere a bit like Scott Sinclair. But he's, I think he's someone we should look at anyway, just because we need backup the winners.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly been on, on our scouting network a bit. Yeah, he's cutting out a little bit there, but I'm not sure whether it's just our end or the listeners can... Hopefully the listeners can hear you. And your voice keeps speeding up as well, which is amusing me, but we'll ignore that. Um, <clears throat> I, think it's, I definitely think it's your internet connection. But anyway, Steve, you wanted to Someone's phone is too near a microphone, Zoe. Oh. Um, <laughs> I to that um, Steve, you wanted to talk about... Get rid of it. You wanted to talk about... Um, Chris Watkins make a point. You want to read his tweet um, out and then and tell me why you disagree with it, mate?
0: Yeah, uh, Chris has um, has come back, which is which is great. Uh, disagreed with me there, saying uh, do do we really want a player who doesn't want to be there? He's awesome, but we're not just a one man team. And I I completely agree with Chris that we're not a one man team. Um, personally, I think Wilf is still a, a very special player. He's going through a bad run at the moment, and I think he was. Uh, James Scowcroft the other night was making a good point, saying perhaps we, we give the, the, the player a rest. There's a couple of mm-hmm. players who've, who've played, you know, almost 90 minutes week in, week out. And, you know, as he's young, maybe he's a, he's a bit tired, whatever. Um, could we perhaps start using him as, a, as an impact sub again? Um, which I think was a, a good point from James Scowcroft. Uh, on top of that as well, yeah, we're, we're not just a one-man team, but we do need that balance for the wing setup. And uh, if, if Wilf stops playing, um, we don't have anyone else to take up that position, then suddenly you're going to see Bellassi with men on him. And yeah. uh, when Bellassi has men on him, he's not going to be able to do as much as he's doing at the moment. Uh, no. Chris, back to you.
2: No, yeah, absolutely. you're absolutely right. We don't want to uh, spend the entire uh, show talking about Wilf if we let ourselves. So I'm probably going to cut it short now. Um, obviously, we don't really know what's happening. There is a fairly clear indication... That he's looking to move on if he can. But, well, I, I mean, I do hope, my well, my hope for, for the transfer window is that we do get to keep him and he gets over it. You know, he, he basically he moves on from it, except that you know he'll have to look at the end of the season before doing anything. Uh, there was a point made by Chris123 on Homesdale. He said um, in that Daily Mail article he was shocked to find out that Wilf is on three, 3K a week. But, um, obviously, you remember he signed that long-term contract. Uh, long before any of this sort of stuff started happening in england um calls call ups and sensational form and all that sort of stuff when he signed that 3k is probably just about right so um again that was and that's sort of one last little point i wanted to make on that i think um yeah, it was, uh, again it was croft and eagle we've sort of answered it really when he made the point um you know what do we do with the money with the money you've sold and We've given them some ideas. Well, Ben's given some ideas of, of signings, really. But again, the trouble is, you sell a player like Wilf Zaha, and everyone knows you've just sold and just got a load of money, and so you have to start paying more, more for other people. And, and obviously, Holloway himself has made the point that we need we need competition in there. We, we, we've been saying it, and, and he said it himself. He's sort of dropped major hints that certain areas of the team have competition for places, and certain areas don't. And you know, let's let's hope that we. Instead of worrying about who's going in January, let's hope that we uh, we get a few more people in and Wilf gets a chance to have a bit of a rest. You know, he, he might think that now he's not a teenager and he can play every game, but, you know, clearly I think he's showing now that he could have done with a couple of weeks off or something like that. Anyway, we've got Johnny Esther back, so whatever happens, everything will be all right. <clears throat> uh, one last little thing. I'm not going to dwell on it or ask too many questions because I think we should get on talking about the, uh, the matches during the week. There was some concern over Andre Moritz expressing frustration at not starting games and all that sort of stuff. Um, His most recent tweet today to sort of kind of put an end to it was that people, he says, people are talking too many. I think that's supposed to be bullshit. People are talking too many bullshit, and uh, (laughs) that he's uh, staying till the end of the season. So that's you know that's a quote from him. He wants to stay, but there was some indication he might be looking at going. And the only thing really I would say is that. If he's not going to sign a new deal, he's on a one-year contract. If he's not going to sign um, a deal that we're talking about offering him, I know Holloway made the point he wanted to offer him a new deal. If he's not going to sign that, and we get an offer for him, any offer, if Williams stays fit and Garvin's in good form, do we do we maybe consider that? Um, is 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 Andre Moritz that important to us, uh, Steve? I'll ask you.
0: Well, I mean, firstly, he's the uh, the only player I ever see, I've seen uh, at Palace to be able to take a ball uh, that's. Been sixty feet up in the air and trap it right there on the spot, which was quite amazing when he did that on his debut. Um, but what I would say is, I think when when Moritz came to the club, it was expressly done as a, a sort of mutual, the for, for mutual benefits, a shop window. Uh, mm. I know that uh, allegedly Moritz took a a big big pay cut from what he was earning in Turkey to uh, to, to display himself in the shop window uh, with Palace. Um, I don't think it was a, a case really where you can say he didn't want to play for the club. I think it's just the fact that he he does want to play for the club and he wasn't getting enough games and that's the reason why I was pissed off about it. Um if he uh you know if, if an offer comes in and it's mutually benefit for both us and the player then maybe we have to say all right good, you know try try your luck elsewhere. But in the meantime then I think what we what we really want to do is uh it's see him get more games and start more games, and you can see mm-hmm. from the, uh, the the Forest game he started that actually um, maybe he is coming back into uh, into Holloway's plans. You know, as as long as we're able to actually keep leads. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, uh, Ben, I think you wanted to say something on that.
3: Yeah, a bit to reiterate what you said. Uh, we, we knew from the offset when he was coming along, it, he was using us as a stepping stone. And which is fine, because obviously, like you said, we wouldn't have been able to get a player of his class for as cheap way as he obviously is on. But I think mm. I don't like the unprofessional bit, about, especially his, what his agent said on Twitter, having slide digs at Owen Garvin. I think you've got to give, I was not a Garvin fan before the start of the season, but he's really impressed me this season. Um, mm. He's he's done really, really well, and I think he's really improved his defensive side of the game. which I don't think it's quite adds. like, especially away from home, I don't, I think having Garvin there helps us defend helps us defend a little bit when the onus is on the other team to attack us. Whilst maybe mm. at home we should probably be starting more games because that's when we're expected to attack.
2: I think it's a very good point. I mean, I, there's certain managers who do things like they, You know, regularly you only use certain players away from home and certain players at home and things like that. And maybe, I suppose, again, it, it's, it's that thing with with Johnny Williams as well being in their, um you know, maybe maybe with him back, we'll start to see more exchange in the positions because I think Johnny can play in, at that point, but he can also play central midfield. And he can also play wide, and I just think, yeah, I mean, Moritz Mar- has probably been a little bit unlucky to um to not start more games, but I think that if you look at the fact that both Dougie Friedman and Ian Holloway have said similar things about him, that you know, technique wise, he's fantastic. He's a great player, but you know, in terms of actual um, sort of Physical strength, he's not really up to the league, and I, you know, whether that's the case or not, you know, he's a he's a big boat, must be about 6'2 or something like that. I'm sure he can, I'm sure he feels that he can handle it and he's up to the pace and what have you, but, but there you go. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, we're just going to mention a rumour. In fact, I'm going to let Ben mention the rumour. Um, well, apparently,
3: there's, looking- a r- there's a rumour after someone called Brad Pops, who is an attacking midfielder. I can't remember what side it was. Who oh, was it? Is it? Oh like, United Yeah. But I thought it was an opposite. opposite about what the hell.
2: So you you're happy now you've got your Paul Potts reference in?
3: Yes, I was looking forward to that.
2: I'm sure the yes, listeners fine. are laughing themselves silly. Yeah, I mean I can barely contain my um mirth. <laughs> uh, I think we've left the appropriate amount of silence as well there. Well done, well done, Ben, thanks for that. <clears throat> excuse me, a bit of a cough there <clears throat> Look, let's talk about Cardiff um, I don't really want to because it wasn't a fantastic experience but um, it's a game we lost 2-1 um, it's a game that uh, saw Danny Gabadon start in the centre for the first time I think Is it your first start? I think it was because he came on against Huddersfield didn't even Delaney got sent off um, to be honest he was probably our best player on the day, I mean we, we went up we 1-0 up quite early on um just before half time you know we we're making a habit of late in the first half and late in the second half conceding goals and it was late in the first half this time we'd we'd contained Cardiff pretty well uh but they've got a decent break good ball in the box from Bellamy and Craig Noon ex Brighton scored and then came and celebrated in front of the Palace fans which wasn't too good um and then second half really we were poor um and deservedly lost but I mean we should we should have been several goals up. I mean, uh, I think you were there, Ben and you were there, Zoe, obviously. Um, I mean, we should have been three or three or four goal goals really to the good before that even happened. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Am I exaggerating, Zoe?
4: Well, I agree with you, but when I looked at the shots on target, we only had three I thought it was a bit odd because I thought there was a lot more than that, so yeah, yeah. I agree with
2: you. Yeah, that I did, uh, Yeah, it was a very good point. Shots on target. We apparently had three all game. I don't know if the bar, I suppose the bar counts as off target, but um, but I think again, I looked at that and I looked at the Forest game as well. The number of shots on target, that we're having. We had two all game against um, Forest, and we only had three against Cardiff. I can hear someone's phone again. I wonder who that could possibly be. Um, is it any way you could perhaps throw your phone on the other side of the rimsey?
4: It's not me, really. It
2: is. <laughs> anyway. Um so look, I mean it definitely seems to be something um something that's, that's happened of late. This sort of little this maybe this poor run that we're having, I'll say call it a poor run. It's we're just not winning games, we're drawing plenty of games, not really losing, not really winning. But um well, certainly the number of shots we're having on target is definitely going down. I was interested to see we actually shaded a bit the possession against Cardiff, I suppose that must have been in that first half. But I mean it was it was I could definitely hear a phone. you sure you haven't got an additional phone near you? I'm very sure. Okay. I don't know what's happening. I'll have to blame someone else. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so obviously it was disappointing. There's a few, to- few, few few things I wanted to talk about, really. I mean, we, we've we let another lead slip. We'll talk about it as, as a general sense. But, I mean, one of the things that came out of it, I know Steve Paris said on his, on his way home that this was the case, um, and I know... Um, Certainly no I felt it was the case. Uh, the Cardiff fans refereeing the game. And really, if you've ever been to Cardiff, and uh, you know, I could only feel sorry for you if you have, um, all that they do, they don't get behind their team. All that they do is berate every little decision. And I'll, I'll pick a few little things out. Um, the first thing was that uh, Wolf Zaha was obviously targeted um, for abuse. Um, And very early, well, not very early, but midway through the first half, he got a foul given against him that wasn't a foul. It really, really wasn't. And he had a little petulant jump up and down and a sulk and got a yellow card for it because of the reaction of the crowd. And at that point, you just thought, you know, this is a weak referee. He needs to be strong. You know, Cardiff have got a strong home record for a reason. It's because of the officials are too weak to go against a crowd. that will berate them every single second of every single game. Um, what um? What we, what then happened a little bit later on was Wilf and Yannick Bolasie swap wings, and they mistook Yannick <laughs> Belassi, <laughs> who fell someone, they mistook him for Wilf Zaha and absolutely screamed their heads off. You, you obviously remember this, don't you? So absolutely, yeah, screamed, they screamed their heads off, thinking we'll get him sent off. They saw the yellow card coming out. Started cheering that he's going to go off the pitch, and obviously, you know, he's the wrong player and what have you. But it wasn't at the point I'm making it wasn't a yellow card challenge at all, it's just the referee got it in his head that it was because Cardiff was so vociferous about the challenge. It was, uh, it was horrible to watch, wasn't it? though?
4: Yeah, it really was.
2: <laughs> I mean, you've said, like I have, that you'll never go back, and I really do feel the same. It's, um, I mean, you pay all that money, you sort of, well, I sort of drove there and it was you know it's a long drive it's and you have to watch that it's disgusting um you wanted to ask something there steve sorry
0: yeah i mean there was uh oh, a couple of things. I, I don't think we can say too much about um uh, about people mistaking other people after the uh, the whole game when everyone gave bostock a load of abuse then find out it was actually a different substitute coming on
2: mm, it um, was yeah jay simpson it was that
0: um, yeah got- uh, and then secondly, I think, um, actually, I, I support the, the Cardiff fans in principle. I still think they're, uh, well, I, I can't repeat why they actually are, but in mm. principle, don't you, uh, don't you wish that, that the Palace fans were able to referee games by creating that kind of intimidation to mm. the ref? Um, sounds bad, but actually, if they're able to get an advantage out of that by their, their crowd being, uh, screaming, raving loonies, then fair play to them.
2: No, see, I totally disagree, mate. I hate it. I, I don't think that's what football's about. I, I agree that you can make a hostile atmosphere, but I think berating every single decision is... Um, but to the point where you're getting people booked and sent off and you're spoiling a game of football. You know, At the end of the day, it's supposed to be a competitive sport. And if you take that element out and you start getting people... Which is just cheating. It's basically cheating. So, um, we do have a caller on the line who wants to make a point about Cardiff. Hello there, caller. Hello. You right. What what was the point you wanted to make? Basically, <laughs> they're all. C- oh my god! Oh, dear. we'll have to we'll have to cut that young man. <laughs> <laughs> I really do hate that person. Um, do you know what? I'm even going to tell you that was that was the producer of the show. Uh,
3: well, that <laughs> that was ex- him. That's an explicit content logo on the on the show now. Uh
2: yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, we're going to have to put the explicit content label. I have to apologise to anyone who was offended by that um, rather delayed swearing. Fantastic stuff. Um, anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, Ben, I think you wanted to actually ask something during the middle of that.
3: I'm just about to cry game. It just seemed to me that, from just listening to the radio, that we went a bit into our shells in the second half. We sounded quite good in the first half. Not not with not Dominic, but it looked, sounded like we created a few chances. But in the second half, it sounded like... Pretty much all Cardiff, and we're just giving up, really, which is a bit
2: disappointing. Yeah, I think it's fair. We, I wouldn't say we gave up, but we just we just let them. We, I think everyone just on the, on the Palace side just got frustrated. I think I mean if you look at the power stats, I think I have had them there for a second. I think it was twelve fouls for Cardiff, uh, twelve fouls by Cardiff, double the amount by Palace, twenty-four. But if you were watching the game, there, there was just it wasn't that the balance was completely off, you know. It was appalling weather conditions, and players were falling over. But if a Cardiff player fell over, ref would give him a free kick because the Cardiff fans would shout for a free kick. Uh, twenty-four free kicks in a, in a game is insane. I mean, to give to give you the the an idea against Forest, Palace gave away seven, and Forest gave away eleven. So to be penalised for twenty-four fouls, you know, um, and we're not a dirty side. We never have been, and we and we certainly are not. um we do have another caller. Let's let's hope that this time it isn't Mikey swearing. Uh, hi, there. Hiya. Who's that? It's Ben. Oh, uh, no, isn't. Oh uh, uh, yeah, great. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you're
2: right. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. What do you want to say, mate?
1: Well, uh, this isn't a full word review, but just what the hell has happened to Palace? I just don't understand it. It's just gone from heaven to hell. In simple words, I mean, if i quickly come back to um, a few points. I mean, a month ago, we get memorable victories, a 5-0 at Ipswich mm. and a 3-0 at Brighton. And now, all of a sudden, for no reason, we're just getting these terrible comebacks. These, we, we're winning. And then we get a draw. And me, I think that um, in history, the uh, season... Cardiff has been one of the worst games I've ever witnessed,
0: mm.
1: not because of the uh, playable amounts, but what, Who? I don't understand how that ref got to referee that game. He's not even a qualified ref because of the amount of decisions he made. I actually think, I know that this may not be true, but I just can't help but think that either Cardiff rides him an awful lot of money to go on their <laughs> side or he's a Cardiff fan. I've never seen a referee make such poor decisions
2: Oh, he's, uh, we've lost that caller. That's a bit weird.
4: He did have a point though.
2: He did that. He was making a really good point. That's really annoying. If you can get uh, back in touch, mate, do give us a call back and we'll, we'll carry that conversation on. Um, he's making two major points, really. The one about the, the Cardiff referee was absolutely bang on. Uh, uh, it, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's absolutely true that he's not a qualified referee. It'd be strange if that was the case, but, um, he certainly wasn't behaving like a qualified referee. Um, uh, there there were, there were just a series of bizarre decisions in that game and it, and it did you, you watch it and it did look like a sort of it did look like it was a predetermined result that whatever happened we weren't going to get the rubber the green uh, but the other point he was making steve that you wanted to kind of give a rebuttal of was that um he's saying you know I don't know what's happened to palace recently we you know we were winning games 5-0 and 3-0 and 5-0 and all that sort of stuff and um and then, and now obviously we're not doing so but is it, I mean, what do you think it is? Is it a case that teams have maybe worked us out? Or do you think, I mean, there's a bit of a fo- negative focus, if you like, on, on it being our fault or our responsibility, but maybe it's maybe it's just the fact that we don't change ourselves enough. We don't change the team enough, the number, the different, you know, we don't use many different players. It's sort of 11, the same 11 or 12 every week. Have we been found out a bit?
0: Um, well, I think, firstly, I'm going to let Seth uh, has is, is, is just tweeted in saying, are people actually being serious? Heaven to hell. Are we all forgetting we're fourth? If we this mm-hmm. is a bad spell, then I'm over the moon. And I think Steph's almost made my, my point for me. So probably she should be on the show instead of me, um, which I don't think anyone will disagree with. But to be honest, I, <laughs> no. I completely agree with Steph in the, in the fact that actually we're going through a wobble. We're going through a, a bad wobble. But can, can anyone name me the last time that a, a team has managed to go the entire season winning, uh, you know, winning consistently. Uh, other than obviously that, that season in the uh, the Invincible season, Arsenal and the Premiership, every okay. team goes through a wobble. Uh, other teams probably haven't had their wobble yet, so perhaps we can take advantage of that when they take their wobble. Mm. If we were going to have a wobble, this is our best time to do it because we've got the January window round the corner. It's going to allow us to, uh, to shore up the uh, the squad, bring in players, and hopefully that's, that's what's going to take us... Uh, take us back into, into winning, winning ways. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm frustrated as anyone that we're giving away um, you know, soft goals at the end of games and, and losing you know, two points each time, or sometimes we're losing all three. But at the end of the day, if we're going to have a wobble, this is the time to do it. Mm. We're still in an attacking position. We're still going to be able to attract players to this club. Hopefully that will take us forward.
2: Yeah, look, well, I mean, I, I, obviously it all comes from from Ben's call. I do think that's in bat now. Uh, bear with us a sec, Ben. I just want to make the point. Um, yeah, well, go for Obviously, it. we we have just um, I've got. It's also worth bearing in mind that we've played a lot of the top sides away from home. Of late, we've kind. Of, it's almost you could almost argue we've got the hardest part of our season has just gone out of the way, and and we've lost. If you count the Leeds game and the Cardiff game, we've lost two games against teams that were, you know, well, Cardiff obviously are flying, and Leeds had just had that takeover thing, and we didn't play particularly well there. But we've basically had, we've managed to avoid losing, you know, repeatedly in our our bad spell. So really, is it that bad? Ben, you were were cut off while you were making the point about the Cardiff referee. I think maybe Cardiff referee's been, has paid someone off to cut you off. I don't know, but... um, do you want to carry on that point, or do you want to come back to what yeah. we were just talking about?
1: Yeah, just very quickly, because I don't want to keep rambling on, but because uh, my uh, uncle who came along, he's not a tennis fan, but he witnessed it. He was more furious yeah. than I was. I mean, uh, for me, it, it's, that's what he was all about against Cardiff this and Cardiff that. I mean, for the amount of matches I've seen in my life, I've never seen a referee as bad as that. I mean, he made absolutely poor decisions for about 19... 19- nearly the whole game and I remember at one point um, when Zaha got fouled he uh, was about to point towards the Cardiff goal like saying okay so three kicks to Palace but then quickly changed his mind and sent it to Cardiff and I don't get how that works
2: mm. I think yeah I, yeah, you're right and, and I mean that was probably the point
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The point that started really getting to me is when I could I could physic, I could could watch him physically change his body language based on the crowd's response to situations. You know, he, he would be... You could see he was going to, you know. I mean, you look at you look what happened—a really good example of, of in the second half, Wilf being body checked in the box. Now, I can forgive that not being given as a penalty, right? But, but when yeah. it when the play went straight up the other end and on the edge of the area, someone was body checked and it gets given as a foul. When you see the exact same foul within the space of an of end to end, you know, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right to point it out. Um, but again, I mean, I know from, the, from talking to people who went to Forest that the referee up there wasn't wasn't good. I mean, There's a general decline in refereeing standards, I think, to be honest, from what, I, what I've really seen. Um, anyway, listen, thanks very much for your call, Ben. Really appreciate it. Um, That's all right. Have a good New Year. Yeah, and you, mate. Take care now.
1: Okay,
2: bye. Bye. Um, now, other Ben, you um you had a, wanted to make a point about the bad run of form or what was being called a bad run of form.
3: I think the bad run of form is a lot down to injuries and suspensions starting to creep up on us. Before we had, we had our good run, we had I think we had quite a lot of luck with injuries and maybe not suspensions happening at times. Whilst uh, obviously the bad run of form, like we had Jed suspended at Birmingham, and I think if it wasn't it suspended there, we'd have definitely been able to see that game out.
2: Yeah, and also absolutely. I think you,
3: you've got Joel, we've had Joel Ward out. I think he's been absolutely fantastic recently. So to have, I don't think Johnny Parr's been. Best at right back, and I think really we're quite missing Joel Ward at side of the pitch. It's
2: quite odd, isn't it? Because obviously, he didn't have the best of starts. Um, I mean, what are options there? Blake doesn't seem to be fit at all at the moment. He seemed to have signed him on a three year contract, and he's not really featuring him. See, Ramage can play out there, but those I'm are not sure, two...
3: not sure about Ramage at right back. I think.
2: No, Dar- I, quite...
3: think, I think Darcy Blake and, and Ramage are both better centre backs. I've been speaking to a Cardiff mate. Mm. Just, um, Blake has always looked better at centre back when he's played for there for Wales. Whilst when he's been right about for Cardiff, he wasn't really, didn't really that well. So, but he's—I've been told—he's more of a centre back. But he's got got
2: a, oh,
3: a few personal issues apparently as well.
2: All right, oh, okay. Um, well, we won't dwell too much on no. it. Um, <laughs> internet rumours and stuff. But um, look, I yeah, we 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 are looking quite light now. I've heard rumours that we might be in for Neil—is it Eardley? Um, Blackpool, yeah. Uh, Blackpool, I'm heard. We might be looking at him. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. There's
3: not been <laughs> an endorsement from him for the Blackpool fans, though. I don't no, know. but there
2: rarely is. I mean, everyone told they all the Ipswich fans told us Damien Delaney was rubbish. And, yeah. and Balassi as well. And Balassi, yeah. yeah. You, apparently, we were welcome to Balassi. Aren't you bottom of the league, Bristol City? Slightly regretting Honestly. that, maybe. Yeah. Um, mm. Okay, well, look, um, there's not too much more I want to. Sort of dwell on about Cardiff. I will say the Cardiff fans were terrible. I won't use the word. We've sworn enough on the show today. I won't use the word I've used in the document, but they were awful. Um, but our fans weren't particularly um, loud, were they, Zoe? Did
4: you say our fans weren't loud?
2: Yeah, I, I did not. I did. Sorry, I did say that. We were. We weren't anywhere near as quiet as them. But do you think it was a bit of the Boxing Day stuff? You know, different um, people.
4: Yeah, I do. I think that our fans were quite depressing, to
2: be honest. Yeah, it's th- depressed you, me. And it's been like that. It's been like that a bit at home, hasn't it, lately as well? It's gone all a bit quiet. I
4: think everyone's gone a bit quiet. I think everyone's a bit shocked, really, <laughs> from what, what they were seeing to what they are.
2: Yeah, it's weird. We've had like a couple of thousand fans suddenly come back. Um, yet the stadium's got quieter. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not blaming the casual fan. I am blaming the casual fan slightly, but um, it's weird. It's just a very very strange atmosphere at the moment. I, I think. Expectation can sort of can sort of damage you in some ways. I hope just hope we um hope we turn it around soon. But basically I, I'm personally I'm never, ever, ever going to Cardiff ever again. We've never won there, I don't think, and hmm, that's another weird sound. Um we've never <laughs> never won there and I don't think we ever will if, if they don't have a strong referee. Um I mean Ian Holloway's been pretty positive about that game, he's been pretty positive about the um the draw against um, against Forrest as well. But I think perhaps maybe, you know, maybe it's going to start getting to him. I'm just trying to find his comments from uh, from Cardiff, but I can't. I didn't write them in a document like I meant to. Oh, well. Let's move on. Let's talk about Forrest. I wasn't there, but I did listen on the radio. Um, game ended 2-2. Obviously, um, Glenn Murray put Palace 1-0 up. Um, Andy Reid hit an absolute screamer to to level. It was 1-1 at half time. Um, a relatively late uh, Glen Murray header um, put us. Was it two on up? Roughly eighty minutes or something like that, and then uh, a very very late goal in injury time. Um, Ian Holloway said uh, he thought for seventy five percent of the game we were very very we were a very good side, and the lads are gutted because like me they. F- I should be doing it in the voice, shouldn't I? Sorry, hold on. <coughs> Well, I thought for seventy five percent of the game we were a very good side, and the lads are gutted because like me they feel we could have won the game. I was very proud. Of, oh, <clears throat> I was very proud of them. Their work ethic was excellent, and they played some exceptional football. As did Forrest in atrocious conditions. Someone said by barley.
1: Um,
2: <clears throat> <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'll stop that now. Um, <clears throat> oh. So um, yeah, uh, well, first of all, Ben, you were there for us. Did oh, we was,
3: deserve to win that game? I wouldn't say we deserved to win that, no. I, I think it was added to the beginning of it was, it was really severe going up there in the first place of the train. year. It just seemed like we're not going to get to a game, but we, we thought it was gonna make a big, like, whole day in Nottingham in the pub in the end, but we didn't deserve to win it. I thought probably Forrest edged it a little bit, but a draw was probably a fair result. But it's just it was just gutting to get there and um after going so mental after Murray put us two one up to, to then go and lose it,
2: and so to go and draw it, it was a bit gutting really. But, but your your little Freudian slip there of saying lose it is exactly the point. It does feel yeah, like that's, that's a loss. how
3: it felt, yeah. I felt if, when you when when something like that happens in the last minute, if if we'd been up around, we'd been celebrating like a win. But just to get that sucked away from you like that, it's just devastating really. I was I was, I was so gutted after
2: the game. Uh, what do you think of um, Murray's second goal? I
3: think Murray's second goal was absolutely fantastic. The way he somehow managed to loop that over the keeper is absolutely brilliant skill. I and it's, I think his first goal was really good as well. I think how many goals have we seen Murray score like carbon copies of that one? Mm. Just, like him getting in in the far post and just sit, a simple tapping. It's you, you look at the goal and think, oh, that's an easy finish. But he's he's got great awareness and great running to get to get to, to get on the end of that. And it was a good. Got crossed by Moxie as well. Also, I thought I had a good game yesterday.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice to see him actually. Well, I mean, he's you know he's not actually had a great deal of chances to play, you know, of late. But it's good to see him. you know, when he gets around the games, it's easy to forget how good a good a left back he is. Um, Steve, you wanted to talk a little bit more about Murray.
0: I'm uh, I'm glad you didn't use yeah, the other words I used in the box, um, sir. <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, in the summer, we were sitting there tearing our hair out. There was lots of people saying we need a 20-goal-a-season a striker. We're really suffering without one, etc. Um, I think a few of us uh, on the boards did turn around um, at the time when, when Murray had been having such an awful run last season. We I mean, set seven goals in 46 games, something like that. Um, the thing that that's obvious now is he needed the team to be set up the way that he likes it. It's what Brighton did two years ago, and it's the reason why I scored so many for, for them. The man's now got, uh, I think it's 22 goals it, um, already before we start the, uh, the second half of the year, which is quite incredible. Um, if he can keep it going, then, then that'll be absolutely fantastic. And we, we found that 20-goal that uh, season striker, and hopefully he can, he can double that to 40. We'll yeah. see. Um, one of the things that I know people did talk about um, and did question is whether we should start changing up the formation a bit. I think the thing that we've got to remember is if we play 442 it's not how um how Murray likes the game to be and that could end up having a, a major impact on on his ability to put the ball in the net. Um, yeah, I, think, I don't know what uh, on that.
2: I think our, our current formation is is getting the best out of Murray. Where where it didn't work last year was that there wasn't any anyone getting close enough to support him. Uh this season the midfield get a lot closer to Glenn Murray and he seems to really be enjoying the you know, the role of holding the ball up but also once he's played it, now he knows that the ball's gonna come in the box from one of the one of the wide players. You know, he's getting crosses in there. So he's always thinking about where he needs to be, whereas perhaps last season he wasn't necessarily always in the right areas because he was never sure whether he was going to see the ball after laying it off and that sort of stuff. So I think there's a lot of things that have changed. Um, and then talking of things that have changed, the, obviously the Gabadon-Ramage centre-back partnership was uh, was in force again at, at Forest. Ben?
3: I thought Gabadon, since he's been in, I thought, I'm a bit surprised really because I thought he's not really played much for about a year. I think since Gabadon's been in, he's looked really, really solid. And it doesn't look like he's someone who's not played for a year. But I'm not one thing I'm not sure about is ramage. Um I think he's been a bit bit suspect recently. I think for their for their equaliser. The second equaliser, sorry, he, just, he got completely grabbed out of position. Got
2: completely yeah.
3: completely pulled out of position and made a, and that, that led to Sharp being in so much space. He lost the header and then the place where he should have been was where Sharp was. And he sharp had quite a bit of space and time on to then go and make the score the goal. Yeah, and I, I think,
2: think um go on, now no, go on. When,
3: when Delaney gets back from his suspension, I think we should maybe look at doing try and Delaney and Gabbidon out together.
2: I was just going to start. I was going to ask if you thought that'd be a good good idea. Um, I think when Ramage rejoined the club, everyone was sort of saying, "Well, you know, he's a good squad player. We don't want to see him, you know, starting games." But he really did look good alongside Delaney for a long period of time. But I think if you look at the um, look at Delaney's sending off against Huddersfield, I think he, it was again he was possibly covering, um, covering for Ramage's. Uh, you know basically dropping off in the wrong area um and letting, letting letting the attacker through so i think perhaps a little bit has slipped into peter ramage's game where maybe you know we're, we're seeing a little bit of a drop in form from him possibly i think
3: i think he's a very he's a good option to have I, I, was, I was happy we signed him but i'm not sure he's the kind of person i'd want as my first choice centre-back i like having him on the bench thinking you've got someone who can play right back centre-back and he's he's not he's not he's an, he's a good championship centre-back but is he a brilliant championship centre back? Is he a championship centre back for a team chasing promotion? That I'm not sure personally.
2: No, I mean, so he had a good, he had a good loan spell at Birmingham last season as well, and they, you know, when they were doing really well. I don't know what to think. You, you know, he does strike you as the right sort of character, and you know, he's obviously a good player because he wouldn't keep getting bought and loaned and stuff. But yeah, I, th- I think perhaps if there's a concern, it's there, but. I think perhaps right-back is, is the area at the moment where we've suffered, like you say, with Joel Ward out. and I think when Blake has played there, he's looked um, very suspect indeed. And even Ward has, has issues uh, one-on-one and stopping crosses, I think. But um, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, Steve, you want to make a point?
0: Yeah, just to go back on the uh, on the centre-back partnership, um, I know we left that behind, but it's just a quick one. I think what we should remember is, uh, is Paddy, um, when he came back after his injury, wasn't playing anywhere near as good as he did when uh, when Fonte uh, was partnering him. He finally found that partnership again in uh, in Anthony Gardner, and he started playing great football again. You've got certain centre backs that need someone to to, to wipe up their mistakes. Uh, Paddy's one, and maybe Ramage is another one. Maybe that's part of what it is when he uh, he has Delaney next to him. Delaney knows how to work with uh, with Ramage, knows how to uh, to mop up his mistakes when there is them. Um and perhaps that's what, what Ramage needs is is he needs Delaney back rather than working with a a, a brand new partner in uh in Gabidon. So perhaps that'll be something maybe his his form will, will improve again once Delaney is back from suspension.
2: Mm. I'm just gonna pick up on a few tweets that we've had. Um hmm. there's loads in fact. Um let's go for Um Conceding late football promos have said that conceding late goals always comes down to fitness levels. I don't know what you think about that, guys. Are we Is are we potentially well? I'll go to you, Ben. Actually, oh, um, no, I'm actually it's a very good point. I'm going to ask sorry because she's been quiet. Um, um, do you think the team have been suffering in terms of the fitness levels? Is that why we're conceding late goals? Mm,
4: no, <laughs> I just think it's the defense, really. I just yeah. think it's rummage. I just think we're you know Delaney's not there, Ward's not there. Lakes not there. Paddy um, McCarthy's not there. Y- yeah, but he hasn't been there. So, oh, yeah.
2: well, can't really.
4: I can't really say McCarthy if he hasn't been there this season. Um, I think as well, I think at Cardiff, where where Bilassi and Zaha were both booked, I think they they thought that they couldn't do as much as they were doing.
2: Yeah, obviously, uh, there's, it's a risk, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I can't really say for Forrest because it was hard to tell on the radio. But, <laughs> I, I don't know, it could be, but I, I just think it's a defence, to be honest.
2: Um, while while you are actually talking, I've got another, another tweet in that's come from Les Gill. you know him. Um, <laughs> it says, I'm not sure I should say it, but I'm going to anyway. So anyone who gets offended, his tweet, Twitter name is at L-E-5-J-Melt.
4: Which he is okay. a melt, by
2: the way. Les is a melt, that is true. He's the meltiest of melts. He says, Hi Hull Radio, I just wanted to say I love Owen Garvin. He could open up a virgin's legs with his passing ability give my love to zoe smiley face
4: oh Which is good isn't um, it well that is lovely from les yeah uh, thanks thanks I, les. Love say that I love him as well so yeah i love you well, so. oh. <laughs>
3: have i got uh, any tweets have i got any tweets showing my love yet no <laughs> no none yet
4: well i love you ben so that's oh, all right oh
2: thanks zoe that means a lot so you can do this off air um <laughs> Chris Watkins says that we do miss war don't we I think he's been pretty solid recently uh Ian Lyons makes the point that changing formation doesn't automatically mean going 4-4-2 we can play with one defensive midfielder instead to be fair I think that's what we have been doing this season it's it's KG has been getting forward more often than uh than he has previously um Andy the Eagle says I was in the arf when we played Huddersfield and thought the atmosphere was fantastic from the Palace fans well that's because that's where I am and me and Zoe and Les <laughs> Melt. and there's the melt and Joe Oak, he's there as well he's sitting in the tweet but I can't be bothered to work out what he was talking about uh, Mark Latta said festive period is naturally difficult and our small squad has suffered with the many away games positive is we're not losing I think that's um, probably a good overall message to end our look at the games with um, looking at the time it is uh, four minutes to nine <laughs> don't know if you needed to you know said, that you sounded
3: like the talking clock
2: then I did a bit yeah I'd quite like that as a job the time that. at the first beep will be 17.58 and 44 seconds.
1: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Moving on. <clears throat> um, I've got uh, We've got some questions from people. There's uh, a couple of questions. A couple, one, two. Yeah, two questions to go through, which I'll talk to you guys about afterwards. But I'm going to have a quick look forward to the games that are coming up. We've got Wolves on the first. Which is two days' time. Is it two days' time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for helping me out there. Um, last two games, they've lost 2-0 to Ipswich and 3-0 to Peterborough, who were bottom at the time, I believe. Um, they then beat Blackpool, lost to Middlesbrough, beat Birmingham, beat Bristol City. So they're all over the place, really, Wolves. We beat them away, and certainly it's a winnable game Um well, in my opinion, it's a winnable game. Do you people agree? Um, who first? Who should I ask first? Mm. Uh, ben, you've said you.
3: Ben. Um, yes, I spoke, we, saw, we saw a Wolves fan at um, London Bridge coming back from Forest yesterday. And they said he's been absolutely dire recently. So, we should, if we're in really a game, we should be look, looking to win. If you look at the players they've got, they've got quite a lot of players who've obviously been playing in the Premiership last year. But at the least, this league's so much about form. so And they're on absolutely dire form. So it's really a game we should be thinking about getting three points from.
2: Mm. Yeah, it certainly is, and it's obviously it's a home game. Um, so you want to win your home games, don't you? Those are the ones you should sort of be targeting. If we're going to be drawing games, then we're drawing away games, drawing you know away to good teams and that sort of stuff. You know, if if we beat Wolves, then maybe the Forest game looks like a better result and that sort of stuff. That's what we should really be thinking. I personally think we will beat Wolves. I think that they are inconsistent to the point. Of um, you know that I think I think we've conceded five and scored none in the last two games. So I don't think we're going to be on the end of any kind of a backlash. We just need to keep focused, and, and I think the last few results. Cause you imagine if we're frustrated, and you can, if, if you follow any of the players on Twitter or anything like that, it, it's pretty obvious that the players are extremely frustrated by it as well. And I like to think we'll probably end up giving them a bit of a tonkin. Um, I did notice. Did notice that Jerry uh, sent us a message on Facebook earlier on when we were talking about Wilf, and he believes that uh, twenty million is an acceptable value for Wilf, and he'd be disappointed if he only sells for less than they first stated. And he says Wilf is starting. Does he thinks that maybe Wilf is starting to feel that he is better than he really is? Uh, he says he's lucky. He's been playing recently. He's been very, very poor and inconsistent. So I think that probably we probably did cover those points. But um, but you know Jerry's always right, as I often say. Um, <clears throat> Uh why yeah sorry <laughs> I completely forgot what we're doing we were talking about Wolves weren't we I want to get your predictions I think we'll win it 2-0 myself um, Steve
0: uh, yeah 4-1 it's always it's 4-1, always 4-1. Yep. it's yep. going to be 4-1 apart from if it's 4-0 then, then Kelly has to
3: get a baps
2: out they're the Wolves oh that's true yeah those are the rules. <laughs> Uh Ben what's your
3: prediction I'll go I'll go 2-0 Palace I think we're going to keep a clean sheet for once the first time in quite
2: a long time ok Zoe.
4: I'm going 1-0 2 Palace, obviously. <laughs> All right. That's a check. Um, nice, yeah.
2: Palace. Okay, fair enough. Uh, after that we've got on the it's on the fifth, sure, This is probably next Saturday, isn't it? Um we've got Stoke in the FA Cup. Hmm, never bought my ticket for that. I hope so. Um Stoke have not lost since the third of November where they lost one 0 to Norwich. Um the last few last six results for them. Uh three three with Southampton this uh game just gone, beat Liverpool 3-1, drew 0-0 with Tottenham, drew 1-1 with Everton, drew 0-0 with Villa, and beat West Brom 1-0. Uh, don't really know about this one, it's a really tough game because obviously it's sort of cool, because you don't know what kind of a team's going to um, don't know what kind of a team's going to be picked by Stoke or by Palace, really. I'd like to think we're going to play a few fringe players, I think that's what Holloway said um, when the draw was made. I'd like, certainly like to see Stuart O'Keefe, and we're going to talk about him in a little while, but yeah, I think you know, let's let's give some of the young players a go and let's hope the Stoke do the same and in all honesty, Premier League team at, at home, we've got a slight chance. But but I'm not really that fussed. I'd like to see us focus on the league. Um Honestly, in terms of a prediction, I'm gonna go straight for prediction. Well no, Steve i I'll, I'll talk to you. What do you think about the game?
0: Um, it's gonna be tough. We're 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 gonna be playing Stoke. We we know that in the Premiership they've been an incredibly well organised side. We also know they're incredibly physical. And the question we've really got is do we play our first team and try and make a great game of it? Or do we put in uh, a load of fringe players almost, not just to allow them to experience a big match, but also to actually avoid getting some of our uh, players that we need, um, you know, avoid them getting injured? For me, uh, I would really question whether we want Wilf playing that game. I know he'll want to play it. Um, he's professional. He wants to play. But I don't want him getting injured. Uh, because that will immediately wipe out any value for him. Um, on top of that, I don't want Pelasi getting injured. I don't want, um, you know, there's, there's several players that are talented, quick, fair players. And Stoke regularly tend to target quick, talented players and try and crock them, um, mm. allegedly. So my my big concern is actually injuries rather than whether we get around to the, to the fourth round.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. It's, I mean, the people like Johnny Williams are an interesting one because I think he obviously needs game time because he's been out a while. But like you say, is that there's a worry that he might take an injury there, and I don't know. I mean, we don't have a massive squad, so we don't have a huge luxury of picking. We can't go out and just pick a completely sort of reserve lineup because you know the FA have known for finding the smaller clubs for doing that for some reason. You know, if you're big side, you can do it, but. I, you, I, I, I don't have I to think. Ben, what are, you, what are you thinking?
3: Well, I think, obviously, like you said, we can't we can put a beat reserve side out because it'd be an embarrassment if we do that. But I'd like to see us give the likes of O'Keefe, Williams, Parsons a bit of a run out. But mm. and I, think, I think it's going to be a really tough game. Stoke, obviously, take this cup really, really seriously. As they, I think they got to the semi-final last year. They got to the final the year before. So it's obviously a way for them to get to Europe and get a bit of silverware. So, although they may play a bit of a tater squad, I think there probably will be a bit too much for us. But we'll see a lot of how far we come if we put our good side.
2: OK. Um, yeah, all right. <laughs> I was going to carry that on, but I've decided not to, because we, basically we've got, um, we're going to end up covering a, um, the point I was going to make in a, in a, in a while, because we've got a couple of questions to go through before the end of the show. Um, predictions from you guys? Uh, ben, what do you think?
3: I think we'll lose 2-0 okay that's
2: fair steve
3: uh we're
0: gonna win 4-1 or, uh, <laughs> or 4-0 because obviously if we win 4-0 kelly has to get a babs out so then the, there's they're the rules yeah
2: um so <laughs>
4: um well mm, i'm going
2: with a win 1-0 win again 1-0 win again um, um I'm, I'm gonna go for that 4-0 win um I look I look forward to the pictures us. if we
3: win four one
2: can Chris see his back out oh come on, let's not go there um I'll talk to you about that after the show, all right is that okay yep <laughs> 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 good this is an absolutely perfect answer well done mate well done indeed um all right listen bef- that those are <laughs> that's a wonderful look ahead to the um the two games in the coming weeks. But we were talking there, well, a couple of us mentioned Stuart O'Keefe, and uh, Maxi Palace on Homestell has asked if we can have a little chat about Stuart O'Keefe. He says, do you think O'Keefe is good enough? He's got good distribution, keeps the ball, tackles well, great shot. I won't say what he says in brackets today. He said he's fed up listening to perceived wisdom of people saying he isn't. We've had this with Zaha, Murray and Jedernak until they run and prove people wrong. If he's good enough, he's old enough. Hope he gets a game versus Stoke and kicks him up in the air. Wouldn't play Williams because he's too important to risk against these old carriers. Um, so, I mean, okay, that's the, the the real question there is, is, is O'Keefe good enough? And from a personal perspective, I don't think he's ever shown anything other than being good enough. I've never seen him have a bad game for Palace. Last year, um, he was instrumental in our cup run, alongside David Wright, weirdly enough, who's another... Forgotten person. Um So, what do you think of Stuart O'Keefe?
4: Oh, I love him.
2: <laughs> um, How much do you love him?
4: Like enough that I think he should be playing for the first team. But um
2: Who would you drop? Yeah, yeah. that's a
4: good question. I know, that's what I mean though, we've got too many. Um I definitely think he should be playing in the in the Cup. I don't know why he's not being played <laughs> to be honest. Um, do, you, um,
2: do you see him as the natural replacement where KG goes off to the Afri- African Cup of Nations?
4: Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember him at Old Trafford last season. I think he was amazing. He was.
2: He absolutely was. Like I said, I don't think he's ever done, been anything other than one of our best performers when he's played. I don't know what he has to do. Um, he had an interview at the end of the season last year and, and he said um, you know, his ambition for this season was to play more games and he's barely played at all. Um, a lot of that has to do with how good Chednak and KG have been. Obviously, KG came back and has been a different player. You know, he's, he's lost what looks like a stone in weight and, and mm-hmm. he looks an absolutely excellent midfielder now. And O'Keefe has suffered the consequences of that. Um, Steve?
0: You got uh, a point? Yeah, I, well, I, I've got several points, but I'll limit it to one. Um, I think obviously with the uh, the African Cup of Nations coming up, then you've got O'Keefe's okay, got a great chance to uh, to cement his position inside. Um, when uh, w- when KG comes back, then perhaps we can we can look at whether he's able to um, dissolve rotate perhaps with with KG or or come on for KG when KG's looking tired. Whatever the other thing to to mention as well is, it's not going to be too long until um, Jedi uh, and. Getting his tenth yellow card. Uh, unfortunately, he seems to uh, to pick up a, a yellow card every game at the moment. And when that happens, uh, then it's going to be another chance for uh, for Stuart Keith to come in and uh, cement his, his position.
3: Benjamin, so, yeah, but I think it's, I think we should be, I should have been playing Keith more recently. I think especially when you've got one of KG or Jedi out, I think having Garv on there instead doesn't really help. I think I think Garth has really improved his defensive side of the game, but I don't think he offers enough defensive help whilst O'Keefe is much more of a defensive minded player so I think we should be trying to give O'Keefe a run out whilst KG's out rather than going for Garvin and Moritz in the centre.
2: I think it's an interesting point and um, I, you know I haven't really been thinking this until I was just <laughs> just thinking now and where we've been playing Owen Garvin at the sort of the point ahead of um, Jednak and KG I am thinking maybe I mean Stuart O'Keefe probably probably can't play that role but KG can play that role, and maybe O'Keefe alongside Jednak would work. And and obviously we're dropping Garvin to the bench. I, I like you, I I agree with you about Garvin. I think he's been a massively improved player. Where I have a problem with Garvin, and again I wouldn't it's not his fault, but he is slow. He's slow. He doesn't you know he can knock a ball past a player, but then it looks like he's running in treacle. And certainly on the surfaces we've been playing on recently, where they've been really heavy, I think that's shown up. I thought against Cardiff. Thought he was excellent on the ball, but off the ball he had a really, really poor sort of game. And it, it just because he doesn't get around the pitch. Like Stuart O'Keefe has, you know, got bundles of energy, and that's and that's the sort of thing we like that in in a midfielder at Palace. And maybe we should be better, more respectful of the sort of the cultured players like Garvin and, and Morris. But we do like someone who can tear around a football pitch as well.
3: One one thing I do worry about Keith is his height, because he's not really as doesn't really have as much aerial presence as KGR Jedi. So and um, that which, which mm. I think especially when you've got a team doing a lot of hoofing that you lose a lot of the aerial
2: presence you're yeah, right and we do struggle against teams that play direct we certainly that was i thought that was on our, like, our end against leeds birmingham yeah and um, when they when they brought zigic on and leeds pretty much all game was was bornocks old tactic boot the ball into the corners and get the quick w- w- wingers to run and try and get the knockdowns and things like that so yeah we it's a, it's a very good point but i just think I, well, I just think Stuart O'Keefe has done nothing wrong whenever he's had a chance, and I don't know. I think maybe I don't know what Holloway thinks of him really. I, I know he he played and he's obviously been in the squad. He's been on the bench a lot. Um, he played in an under twenty one game, I think, that uh, against Crawley. I think he got taken off after a while to go and, to go off with the first team. I, I think that was right. It might might have been a different team we were playing, but I can vaguely recall something like that happening. But I. I don't know. He's got to get a chance before the end of the season. Let's just say that. Um, otherwise, I can see us losing him. I did read someone claiming that Portsmouth are after him. Um, whether that's a loan or a permanent move, but well, I don't even know if Portsmouth can make permanent moves. To be honest, but
3: <laughs> I doubt Portsmouth could afford him. I think no. He's not playing. I don't. I think, I think mm. we've wasted the last few months. We should have just send him out on loan to a League One club, get him, get his fitness up, get him playing mm. ninety minutes of football every week. So I was a bit disappointed that. If he wasn't in someone's plans, we should send him out alone. Because I'm sure there have been a lot of clubs queuing up to get him.
2: I mean, Steve's quite rightly making the point that prior to this little wobbling form that we've been having, um, we've had no reason to change the team. We've had no reason to, to say, in you come Stuart Keith. That's kind of the point I was making about KG being being as good as he has been. But I don't know. It's it's um it's interesting. But I mean, it's going only going to get harder for him to break in now Williams is back, in my view. So... Again, perhaps maybe, like you say, maybe alone during the course of this season. Maybe may just get him out for a month or so, see how he gets on. It's easy to forget that Alex Marrow's uh, captain in Fleetwood at the moment. Which I don't think Alex is probably ever going to play for Palace ever again. But um, but again, it's another one of our players out there. And, and he looked a quality player at one stage, didn't he?
3: Well, Marrow, I think we had the stage where, in the, I think the first half of the season he came, he looked, he was the, he would have been my player, the se- player, of the, player of the half season, right? And then he had the, the injury. And I think some, obviously something's happened behind the scenes with him and Dougie because Dougie didn't, didn't play him at all. So maybe with a new manager, he might get another chance, but it, it's looking unlikely anyway.
2: Yeah, it certainly is, yeah. Um, all right, last little question before we go. We've, we've been enjoying it today. as so why we extended it a bit longer than we, uh, we intended to, but we've all got lives to lead as well. So we'll um, we'll do the... Well, I haven't really got a life to lead. That was a lie, a complete lie. I'd stay on here the whole time if I could. It's like having real friends. hmm mm. Shut up, Zoe. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Ian Lyons, he says, um, Hi, gals, gal, guys, gals. I can't, I've had too much wine, I'll be honest with you. I'm starting to struggle. Um, hope you've all had a good Christmas and wish you all a Happy New Year for 2013. Cheers, Ian, and uh, thanks. Very nice of you. Um, if we were to go for a striker, who would you want it to be? So I'm going to ask you that question, Zoe, so you haven't had a chance to think.
4: Um, yeah, I haven't. Um... Oh dear me, <laughs> Bellamy.
2: <laughs> can I? I can come back to you if you like.
4: No, I said Bellamy.
2: Oh, Bellamy, you said well, that's just insane. Mm. All right. Fair enough, Ben. Um, I think we're gonna go. Oh, I could see us going for DJ DJ Campbell personally, but I think. Oh, I, my answer.
3: I'm uh, oh, sorry <laughs> about that, but I think it's hard to decide what striker to go for because part of me wants to get striker who can do the same as Murray, like. Obviously, it's obviously hard just to get a carbon copy of Murray, but you'd want someone who, if Murray got injured, could do pretty similar style to Murray. Then another part of me thinks that we want someone who can also be a different option. So in case things aren't working with Murray, we, then, we can then go and put someone else in the pitch. You could add something different, maybe.
2: Mm. Um, Steve, you wanted to make a point about Zoe's choice there.
0: Uh, firstly, I just wanted to laugh at Zoe um, repeatedly <laughs> for her idea about Bellamy. Um, I'll continue doing it long after we finished the broadcast um, for me you know we 've got other options um, in terms of you know obviously one of the points that's been brought up several times is about changing the formation uh, perhaps you know we should be looking really at, rather than a, a support to, uh, to Murray we should be looking at a replacement for easter and uh, and having um, at times using four four two with uh, with Wilbraham and you know player X. Uh, up front with him and seeing as whether that's a,
3: a different option now I think yeah. Easter was linked with, with the MLS I saw um, yesterday he was, with move to, was it New York Red Bulls or something like that
2: yeah I did see I as didn't a, see the team but I did see as it, as wasn't, a, I think as a replacement for Thierry Henry <laughs> yeah well obviously if you if you, if you got to lose Henry the first thought would <laughs> yeah, always be Jermaine Easter isn't it uh, well, I
0: just <laughs> think we should bring back Calvin Andrew
4: can I change my, um, my striker
3: yeah you can yeah yeah, I think well, be it's going to be messy
4: now.
2: yeah it's messy. <laughs> oh, no, you're not allowed to change. Oh man, I think we should get Bellamy and Messi. That I do, it, wouldn't it? Um, I want uh, to do. I okay. Since you've stolen my suggestion, Ben, um, I'm going to say we should have a look at the situation with uh, David McGoldrick. He's uh, obviously he's on loan at Coventry from Forest. I don't know if it's a season-long loan. I really don't, but. Um, I, think, I think it's just until January Yeah, so I, I think that's one to look at um, He's always impre- He's always been one of those players who's always played well against Palace for a start um, A bit like, bit like that Paul Gallagher who always seems to score yeah, one yeah. against us Yeah, atrocious, every single, I, got, I know a Leicester fan and he said What is it with Paul Gallagher and, and Palace? Because we cannot get any kind of a decent performance And then he plays against Palace and he looks like a world-class player but, um, but McGoldrick's been a bit like that. I mean, he's, I don't think he's necessarily scored many goals, if any goals against us. Probably one or two, maybe. I, but remember he's always... a... Go I remember him
3: scoring a wonder goal when they beat us 3-0
2: um, just
3: in, was it a couple of seasons ago, Did the last game of the season.
2: Mm. Yeah, OK, yep, yep. I'll take your word for that. My brain's not quite what it used to be. Steve and then Zoe. Uh,
0: Yeah, can, can we uh, finally perhaps make something that I think a lot of people would see as a, as a dream come true and we can finally get David Nugent out of working in Sainsbury's <laughs> and into the, uh, the red and blue.
2: I think that they have to sign Chris Wood, don't they? Um, that really they cheered have. me up to see Mill will lose him. Um, yeah. Do you know what? It's not beyond the realms of possibility, but you know, I, I, think, it wages I think the, wage, them,
3: the wages yeah. will probably be too much. Leicester have been pushing everyone out of the water with, wages they've been offering for something like 20k a week Chris Woods who's only all he's ever done is had a few good months this season
2: I just say it's Chris Wood Chris Woods has long since retired and was a goalkeeper yeah just to uh,
0: to, to, to just break in there the the other thing about the Nugent uh uh, sort of situation which uh, makes it perhaps slightly slightly more feasible is that Blackpool were very very close to buying um Nugent a couple of years back and, uh, and, uh, unfortunately on, on transfer deadline day, the, the deal was apparently done and he, uh, he hid on a golf course somewhere to, to avoid moving. Um, perhaps, you know, now then, uh, then Holloway could finally get his man and Palace could finally get his man. And at, at the very, uh, at the very least, I hear Sainsbury's is looking for a new manager.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, it's an, look, it's, it, I don't, I don't think he's realistic, to be honest with you. Um, and I say, Sela- uh, And so
3: some people in sellers' part will get way too excited for him to come. We'd a few yeah, heart attacks. Exactly. As
2: well. Exactly. It's that is true. There's some people who got massively excited about it a few years ago, and it's obviously a legendary thread on, on the BBS as well. Just went on and on and on. A little bit like the Ross McCormack thing, and that's one we obviously won't revisit either because he he signed a new deal there. But, it's, you know, I just I genuinely think that that David McGoldrick is is some, someone we could get and certainly DJ Campbell is another option because uh, Holloway knows him so well um, and he's only know, and, and Messi <laughs> you're still going <laughs> with that one, are you? Mm-hmm. Messi and, and Carvin Andrew up front
3: um,
2: Are you absolutely sure, though? You know Messi signed a new contract, don't you? Oh, contracts don't matter these days That's
4: He, he is must very... have
2: been watching us That's true That is very true all right, well, look, that'll do for now. Some, um, hopefully we've answered all your questions. And um, Thank you for everyone who's, who's contacted, us, contacted us today. Um, a few things to mention. In the coming weeks, um, we're either going to do it as a competition or potentially a fundraising type of thing, which I'll explain in a minute. But we've got um, a donation from listener James Dring, who I have to thank a lot, not only for donating us the prize, but for donating it to me while I was dressed as a drunk penguin. Um <laughs> which which may have happened at Birmingham um <coughs> I, think you,
3: I think you made a better tiger when you had Zoe's hat, head mask in
2: yeah it's a leopard isn't it Zoe? Oh, it's
3: a leopard not a tiger
2: easy mistake to make
4: don't insult me yeah
2: don't. <laughs> but anyway um it's a uh, a shirt that was signed by the Hillsborough Survival Squad um we will be giving it away. But like I say I've I've just because I've got to read out something else in a second. Um I might be putting two two things together. Um the thing the other thing that we've got to do is we're we're really on the hunt for donations to our cause. Um so we're trying to get some better equipment for what uh well, what we do in our outside broadcasts. Um, basically you're talking about the commentary we do in under twenty one matches, uh interviews we do with sort of staff and players and things like that um but obviously one of the things that we did recently was the chat at Sellers park with um in holloway and steve parish um the club are happy for us to do that sort of thing on a relatively regular basis which is nice but obviously doing that we want the right sort of equipment to be able to do it uh, obviously not asking for huge donations and there's plenty of people who've donated already and we're not asking them to do so again but you know everyone who listened and downloaded uh the podcast if you all donated a pound We'd we'd be most of the way there to being able to afford it. So uh, it's um <laughs> you know so basically if you can do if you can donate a pound or whatever you want to um, you can send it via PayPal. It's donate at holradio dot net. Uh, that is donate at h o l radio dot net. Uh, we will be forever grateful, and we'll be continuing to bring you some fantastic broadcasts. I hope. Um, and hopefully they continue to get better. I'm not sure how this show's gone. It's felt good, but i am started to tire um, towards the end as I've drunk more. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, one last little read of that uh, email address, which I've managed to change screens for, is donate at holradio.net uh, via PayPal. Um, it'd be really appreciated if you could do so. Hopefully you have to. You can still carry on enjoying what we do for free. I've got no objections whatsoever. Anyway, I want to uh, thank my my guests um, Zoe Whittle thank you Zoe
4: it's alright
2: it was easy it was easy wasn't it I it them. was it was easy I feel, I feel quite annoyed now um, <laughs> and I'd also like to thank Ben Mintram I can't even say your name now Ben
3: um, saw it out thanks Chris
2: yeah no worries and bye um,
3: everyone bye
2: I'd like to um, <laughs> if you've got any feedback on how you thought <laughs> um, how you thought those, those two did probably just ignore the end bit um, then we'd love to hear it because i thought they did all right um and also thank you to the returning steve brown cheers steve
0: no worries at all chris it was uh, it was nice to work with professionals today uh, as well as yourself chris
2: yeah thank you for that you're not going to come back um anyway thanks for listening and we'll be back probably next week i guess Bye. <laughs> It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.